Well, hello, right here from the studio. I welcome everyone to another edition of Someone You Should Know. We're going to have a great time today because we're bringing somebody who is no stranger to uh, studio work and all kinds of other artwork. Uh, previously had a show right here on KVGI Radio. So I, I welcome my guest this morning, Doug King. Hello. How are you, Doug? I'm doing well, Stuart. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to see you again. Good to talk with you again. We've been talking uh, off and on for the past week. Uh, you you have your hands in more more you know things than 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 a baker does. I think yeah. uh, most of them are legal too. So that's a that's a very positive thing. Most of them. We'll cover the other ones a little bit later in the, in the show. <laughs> but but you you. Uh, uh, I asked you to be on the show about a month ago, and you said, well, can we hold off just a little bit because I'm getting ready to launch some books. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I knew you are a screenwriter. You are a, a writer. You're a publisher. You are an artist in, in uh, a few different mediums. Uh, you are uh, a publisher. Uh, you are, are working on publishing an art book. And we're going to discuss all that, but why don't you start off by telling telling the audience a little bit about the new books that you're that you're launching and and really are available right now on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, so I'm I'm very excited about these. As you said, I I do seem to have my fingers and and hands and and a lot of pies, and I think part of that is just um, you know part of being a storyteller or a creator is. Um, we're not necessarily 100% in control of when we get inspiration and when stories come to us. And so um, I decided that I was going to, I've been doing a series of sketches, which I called uh, squishy sketches. And after I did 50 of them, I wrote some short stories and, and different things to go with them. So I put them together into a book called Squishy Visions. And there's that. And that's what a squishy sketch looks like here. I'll give you an example. So they look, uh, they look like intestines. <laughs> so we got it that going for us. Looks like something a psychiatrist might say, uh, here, tell me what's the first thing you see. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so th this book, uh, squishy visions, which is available on Amazon. And you can also go to, um, uh, you can go to day three prod and it's D A Y I I I P R O D.com. Uh, I was going to try and share my screen to show you, but then I got a warning that it could crash. So I was like, eh, maybe I won't oh. do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, day three prod, you can go all the books, uh, from my publishing company are listed there. Um, and so squishy visions is one. And then the other one is called Numb. And this is the Buy This Issue and Save an Artist's Life, the topography issue. I got to get used to this camera. Oh, let me do it that way. Pull, pull it back towards you a little bit. We didn't, we didn't see the, 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 the Numb. There you go. Yeah. So now what this is, is again, as I kind of opened with, I, I have a lot of ideas, whether it's short stories or flash fiction or poetry or art. And so this is kind of a collection of those. And so it has in it, there are some pages that are 
short stories that, you know, uh, and then there are, there's poetry that's illustrated. There is, um, I put in some screenplays, short screenplays. And then I also, I want to give a shout out to um, our first artist that we profiled is Annie Griffith. And she's an amazing pop artist here in Dallas that um, just, I, I love her work. And so oh, wow. this, oops, there we go. One more page of her stuff. Um, so this, this publication just has, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's kind of a little, I'd like that one. It, the, this page we, we need more of today. Let me see if I can, Two words, full power, can change the world if only they were used more often. Two words, love and empathy. Yes. And so um, really the, the, the point of creating these is, is uh, to have product. But it's to, with everything going on with COVID and, and with Black Lives Matter and, and, the, 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 and, and politics, I really feel like what we need more of is more art in our lives. And however you want to define that, whether it's a poem or, you know, a short story. Uh, it, so that's what I created is, is these two books are just to, to put more art and my gosh, it's everything's reversed. I feel like I'm at Alice in Wonderland right now. <laughs> all, I, all I need is the Mad Hatter and I'd be perfect. Um, but uh, so it's it's just a matter of, of putting product out there. And, um, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to stay productive and, and this is one way to do it. And then and then uh, uh, you had posted there's also three other books okay. that that uh, are available now, too. And, and is yeah. that like like a trilogy? Well, it's it's a it's ongoing. So these are stories I need to tell. You know, I'll get the hang of this camera by the end of the show. So right. there are three volumes. And what this is, is you mentioned that I am a screenwriter and I've been working in writing screenplays for 29 years. So what I did part part of being a screenwriter is you you either get contracted to write scripts, which is great because you're guaranteed a paycheck, or you write what's known as a spec script. It's speculative in the hopes that um, you can sell it one day. So what these books are is these are the stories that are spec scripts of mine. Uh, they have not been sold, and but they're stories I feel very passionately about. And I finally decided, you know, if, if these are never made into movies, I, I'd be bummed. But I wanted, because I feel strongly enough about the stories, and one of them is one that, that you you personally resonate with, which is talk. That's the one about the, uh, the radio talk show host uh, without the glare. And so what I've done is I've put two screenplays in their screenplay format in okay. each book. So the reason why I did this is because I felt I really feel strongly that I want people to know these stories. And right now I, I don't have the millions of dollars that it takes to produce them properly, but at least I can release them in a, in a different format 
um, in a book format so people can still enjoy the story. Well, and, and what's what's fascinating, I encourage people to to get these these uh, screenplays is you get you know in when, when you read a, a book, uh, rather than just watching the story on a, on a screen where you you see it acted out, when you read the story in a book or in screenplay form, it allows your own imagination to set the stage. And, and you can follow the characters. I mean, maybe up on the screen, the character is six foot four and, and very thin. But in your mind, he was kind of a paunchy little guy. So With gray hair and red glasses? Uh, yes, yes. And about 109 years old. Um, <laughs> but, but to read a, a screenplay... Uh, you know, or an, a, uh, a theater-type play in script form and all gives it a whole new dimension, and it's really fascinating to do it. You mentioned talk, which uh, I said to you, I'm, I'm very passionate about that screenplay, and when you read it, there's a lot of these cutaways to, to groups on the street uh, and all that you envision uh, in, your, in your head, but I wondered, how could this be adapted to a a stage play, right. which would limit it, limit the scenes, limit the characters a little bit, uh, and all. And I talked to you about the fact that I would still, we still have time on it. Uh, I would still love to see this come to a stage uh, in our area and and a world premiere of of a a Doug Smith uh, screenplay that was done for the theater. I, uh, and I you have a question: Who who's Doug Smith? Uh, Doug Smith, Doug. King, King. Yeah. Hello. Are we, are we on? Is this mic working? Uh, my, my 109 year old age is, is coming through. <laughs> well, you know, you, you're absolutely correct when, and, and I'm a real big believer that all art is multidimensional. And so when, uh, you know, a, a film there are so many skills that are brought into that because you have the cinematographer, right. the, the costume director, the set designer, the actors. So when you read a script, um, yeah, one of the benefits and and is that you're getting not only you are you reading what I would hope you would find to be a fascinating story, but you're also getting if you're not familiar with screenplay format, you're getting to read and learn a little bit about what it takes to uh, to, to make a film. You know, how, how is the script written? And to your point, yeah, you get to cast it. You know, it, it in my mind, I might be thinking, you know, Jeremy Piven, but in your mind, you might be thinking Greg Kinnear, you know, or, or whatever actor or actress that, that you like. Right. Um, and so uh, that is a cool benefit to reading it. And, and again, it's, for me, it's a way to get stories out to the public. Um, am I putting you to sleep? Because I have a list of some of your scripts here and all. And I mean, there are a number of them that could easily be adapted to theater. And, and again, I, I guess you see it as, as a script writer, you see it as, okay, if this goes into movie production, uh, certainly you want to be on the set because you want to be either be an assistant director or in, in some way, shape, or form you know be be involved in it if it goes into a play a, a a theater production it may be that okay they simply like buy the rights 
to to you know uh, your story, your play, and then a director interprets the play in their way with maybe your 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 input too. And again, like you say, uh, the difference between a Jeremy Piven and a Greg Kinnear uh, as as who might be casted that might be up to the director or or producers of the of the play, uh, but still, you know. If one of these things goes into production, how how involved do you want to be? Would you want to be the director of the of the the screenplay? Would you so, want to be just a, an advisor on set? Well, it, um, it, I, I the went. Answer is to, yes and yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I, I studied film directing. And, and I have directed uh, my own short films. I've directed web series. I've, I've, so I have that experience. There are certain scripts that I feel more connected to than others. I mean, I'm connected to everything I write. Um, and so there are certain scripts that, yes, I would very much, I'm trying to raise the money. I would like to raise the funds and then all direct it because I have a very clear vision. Then there are other scripts that I write that I'm like, you know what? I, I'd love to see how someone else interprets this. And to your point about it being interpreted maybe for stage, that's a different art form. And many of my scripts do apply to that, could be translated because I write very human interest stories. They can be smaller in scope. I'm not writing, I'm not writing the next Mission Impossible 5 or 17 or whatever. I'm not writing Fast and the Furious. I'm writing Talk is a very human interest story about one radio talk show host uh, named Stuart Sachs. Oh no! <laughs> but um, and and it is confined to predominantly the studio, you know. Okay. And um, there are some cutaways. But would be as an artist, what would be fascinating to me is handing something off releasing my ego to that and and saying okay what are you going to do with it if i if i handed the script to you Stuart, and said now you interpret it it's going to be different than the way i do but that can be fascinating sometimes and that's where you you do have to check your ego at the door as an artist and be say okay i'm going to let somebody else do this yeah and and i think i've seen interviews before with uh movie producers and directors uh, where there are certain directors where you do it my way. I interpret it this way, and I want you to give to to do the lines my way. There are other directors that give the actors, you know, artistic license to wow. interpret what that scene is to them, and and do two takes, and you either do it the director's way, or or if the artist uh, version of it really adds something to the production, then the, you go in that direction. Well, it's, it, it's funny you mentioned that because there is a huge difference between a screenplay and a, and a stage play. And um, in stage, the author, the writer, is generally considered God, and you don't change a single word of it. Whereas in film, it's, it is more interpretive. And um, the, the screenwriter for decades has been considered a, a third-class citizen. And if he even got invited to the set, that was a miracle, but they, he was bound and gagged. He was not allowed to talk to anyone. Um, but what is fun is it, it is a collaborative, um, uh, a collaborative effort. And so it is interesting to see 
like you said, an actor, I've been on sets where um, an actor had a completely different take <clears throat> and read on these words. And sometimes it works. And then sometimes you have to go back to them and say, well, maybe the motivation is X, Y, Z. And then they go, oh, okay. And then it, it, they'll kind of hone it into where more what, as, as the director, what you're trying to do. Right. So, um, and ultimately, I mean, the direct, it is the director's vision. Well, a writer has to let go and, and um, you know, hand it over to someone else uh, because the director's going to have a totally different take. And then, you know, maybe you can't get the locations you wanted, or maybe you, the, the, the cost of the costumes you wanted were too expensive or, or, I mean, a film is, they, they say a film is written three different times. The first time is when the writer sits down and types it out on the, the software. The second time is when you get on set and it completely changes. And then the third time is when you get in the editing room. So, um, a lot of times what's originally written on a script does not translate into the ultimate, the, the final, uh, version. And that's why you see director's cuts and studio cuts and all that. Right. Yeah. Now, would you say that, that if that screenplay was then uh, converted to a stage play, you would probably eliminate that, that editing part of it at the end. It would be the screenwriter's interpretation and then the director's interpretation with the actors in, yeah. in putting it live because you don't edit. You're, you're, you're out there live. And, 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 and actors and stage plays have a lot more leeway because when you're filming, the director can call cut and, and say, no, I want you to read it this way. When you're live, the director can tell an actor how to do it, but then the director director's off stage. The act, he right. free will, man. One, once he hits that stage, but what's interesting is is like I'll give the example on talk. You were saying how in the script there are cutaways to the audience. Well, how would you do that in a live stage play? Well, what you would do is you would have you would have the the main actor. Uh, played by Stuart Sachs, who's who's the talk show host, he would be on one half of the stage, and that would be, and then you could have the lights down on the other half, but then if you could raise and lower the lights and then show the audience member listening to him and show their reaction if you wanted to. there, And that's what's fascinating to me is as an artist, you have to change, it changes with the medium. Yeah, and and, and uh, since you were mentioning talk, I even in my head, uh, because there was the studio uh, aspect of it, there is the station owners, uh, the office part of it. Then there was uh, the, the the public reaction. I saw that as maybe like a lazy Susan type of a set that yeah. could be could be turned from scene to scene. Sure. Uh, because you, you have to be creative in that in that sense. And by the way, I, I will tell the audience that's that, that's listening, pick up one of these books, and I would suggest that at least one of them be the the one with the script talk. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a, it's a it's a fascinating play. Uh, maybe maybe tell tell uh, uh, you know our listeners uh, a bit about maybe some of the other plays. I know there's another one called Room Rooms. Um, and, uh, you have another one that's based on the, the book of Esther, uh, you know, going from 
you know, radio talk show host all of a sudden into something with a biblical background. I mean, your mind must must go in 20 directions to say, I'm going to write this love story. Then I'm going to write this biblical story. Then I'm going to write this mystery story. Uh, how, how do you as a creative artist put yourself into those, those different modes? You just wait for it to happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, can anyone really describe inspiration? I mean, sometimes I just, I, I don't know how to describe inspiration. It just kind of, I will read a word or a sentence uh, and, and that sends me off thinking, oh, but what if this, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries. And so as I'm watching a documentary, <clears throat> I might say, oh, that's interesting about dark matter. What if within dark matter, we found that there actually was a computer code and if you could hack that code, then you could change elements of your life, past or present or future. And so that took me down, uh, and I've written four drafts of that script, and I still hate it. So I'm still working on that. But with Esther, that was a story that uh, I was very excited about when reading it in the Bible. And I thought, no one's really it, – it's been it's been adapted to the screen a couple of times but I've never felt like they really captured what I felt was the true essence of the story. So, and I, I have a, a daughter that inspires me as much as I could ever hope to inspire her. And so uh, in, in that one book where you mentioned, so there's Esther and then there's a script, uh, the, well, that one called top five. And that's about young women competing in the Miss America pageant. And so those, this collection is very much about female empowerment. And that's important to me because, you know, when you have a daughter, all of a sudden you're, I'm, I'm realizing what she goes through in life. So that's one collection. Then the collection you were talking about, this is, has talk and art life. And, and that's about artists. You know, the, both of those are about artists. Um, and so that's kind of the theme of that book. This one has, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, vodka, Vixen, and Vengeance in Vegas. And that's more of my, uh, this is, it, it, it would be the cross between The Hangover and Ocean's Eleven. If those two movies got together and had a baby, it would be Vodka, Vince, uh, Vixen, and Vengeance in Vegas. Um, and then I paired it with something called the longest subway ride, which is another story of, you know, as, as men, Stuart, we tend to get into a lot of trouble. We tend to do stupid things, stay stupid. Oh. Things. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to Lauren later. And see right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so I did try and pair the scripts together. So there was a, a theme in each book and in future books that like I've written scripts about that are a little bit more kind of the bigger ones that are more magical that deal with, with children. Um, and, and to your question, which I'm now kind of getting back to is I, I don't know where the inspiration comes from. Um, but sometimes I write about, I'll, I'll want to write about, strong female characters because my daughter has inspired me 
And then sometimes I'm writing about the artistic world because I'm living in that, you know, whether it's publishing or going to art galleries and, and different things. So that world fascinates me and I might come up with a storyline in that. Um, I have one script I'm working on. Well, so one that I've written that I'm polishing is called The Reunion of Tepid Froth. Well, it's about these 40, 50-year-old guys that were in a garage band when they were in their teens and now they're 50 and they kind of decide they, they just are jamming together one time at a reunion and one of the daughters films it and posts it on Instagram Live and all of a sudden they kind of blow up and they become like a sensation again. Well, that kind of, that to me resonates because I actually was in a band in high school called Tepid Froth. And I guess it just occurred to me one day, what if we got back together and what if we did something? I mean, it, it would never happen and, and we were not good. <laughs> but um, th- that's where some of these ideas come from. I, I, I can't... I... You, you you talk about deja vu. That's my life too. Yeah, I, I was in a high school band, and when I got into my fifties, a bunch of guys were jamming in somebody's uh, garage. The police were sent because they were making too much noise. And I said, if the police were sent, I got to know more about this band. And I ended up joining them. And we five years we were together before I moved uh, and and kind of resurrected that good old rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely got to read that screenplay because <laughs> that, that one, like talk could be a, a kind of mirroring my life. Yeah. And, and that's what I guess as a writer, we go for, you know, we get like in, in, in numb coming back to this, there's a story in here about this one is called orientation day. And it's, it's a slice of life about someone who um, is going to work at a very large corporation like a Facebook or a Google. But in this future world, they basically own you. And so the orientation day is, you know, because if you look at Apple and Google and, and Amazon and some of the, maybe not Amazon, but in their corporate headquarters, they have these huge campuses where if you wanted to, it's kind of like a, a, a sandals resort. You never have to leave. So as a writer, I, I said, I think I was reading an article about one of these corporate campuses. And I said, okay, what if I, I mean, part of writing, science fiction writing is you extrapolate and you exaggerate. So it'd be like, okay, what if someone got a job at Facebook and then they basically kind of lost their identity and... Um, they became a number, your employee, 200,057 or whatever. And they give you an apartment and there's healthcare there and there's transportation from one end of the campus to the other. And there's a movie theater and there's fitness and there's restaurants and you never have to leave. And I think honestly, science fiction wise, if we were to futuristically project out, I think that could happen. And that's what that story is in that. But then the first story, Wake, is just two people sitting on a train, and it's the conversation they have, and it's the internal dialogue of a young man talking with a young woman, and he has feelings for her. He doesn't know if they're reciprocated, but 
he and but in his mind he's having not only the real conversation with her but he's having another conversation of what he thinks she may be perceiving what he's perceiving and we all do that and so um again that's just a but my point in saying that is is there are so many stories in in life and as a um i guess i'm uh, as a writer, as a, a, a storyteller, I sometimes just feel like a tuning fork. And sometimes I tune into this type of story and sometimes I tune into that. And numb is a way for me to publish those stories and get them out and then publish the stories of other people. I mean, there's there's art in here from Annie Griffith. There's poetry by Bennett Litwin. Um, in future issues, I'm, I'm already working with with other poets and writers and artists. So it's a, it's an open sandbox. People can email me at uh, Doug at D-A-Y-I-I-I-P-R-O-D.com. And I'd love to see their, their writing and their poetry and their work. Maybe there's a place for a uh, talk show host in there. Can he write? <laughs> I hope so. No, but you know, and we make fun of that. But I think there's an awful lot of people that say I should really write a book about that. Uh, you know, I, I spent I spent my entire career in the women's fashion industry and all, and and I've often said, boy, I could I could write a book about you know some of the 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 uh, uh, circumstances that I've had with customers, with buyers uh, in the market. But that's where it ends. You yeah. know, and and and. I think we all have stories to tell uh, and we all want to tell those stories and all, but we just don't have the discipline uh, and all to sit down and actually, you know, put it, put it down on paper and, and turn it into something. It, it's funny you mentioned that. I'll just, you know, my company day three, we publish books for others and you were talking about being in the women's industry. So this author approached me, this is called 45 years in ladies panties. <laughs> and it, it's the story. It's not perverted, but it's the story of uh, Peter Velarde. And he was the president, CEO, and chairman of America's biggest lingerie manufacturer, which I think was, now I got to go back and look. I think it was like Vanity Fair or something. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so this was before even, you know, Fredericks of Hollywood and, and Victoria's Secrets. Right. So, to your point, he wrote this story. This is his memoir. And so we helped him publish it. And there's, I think there's-, there's Did he of, write the story or did he write the story with a writer? He he wrote the story with Marcus Webb. Okay. So uh, Marcus was uh, his kind of his, not his ghost writer, but uh, definitely helped him because- Right. Here's the thing. And I do believe that anyone can write. I'm a real proponent that anyone can pick up a pencil or a computer or a paintbrush, but there are, there are definitely certain formats and there are certain things that you have to learn. Um, and, and this gets tricky for me because I, I do believe that, that all things can be art. I believe that anyone can be an artist, but like with screenwriting, you better know the format. There's a very specific format. Um, if you don't know that format, you may have the greatest story in the world, but it's not ever going to sell. Right, right. Uh, if you want to write a novel, you better be able to understand, you know, 
what a button is, uh, uh, and, and that's even a television term, but like at the end of a chapter, you leave maybe a little cliffhanger because you want them to keep reading. Um, uh, it's the same way when you watch a TV show that right yeah. before the commercial, there's always some big reveal. That's that's the button. Well, t- uh, TV TV series are that way too. They always will end the show with something that says, oh, oh, you know, you, or do you hear a gunshot at the end and you think, okay, who got shot? Well, yeah. they want to leave you hanging there so you'll come back for the next for the next, uh, uh, you know, in the series. Yeah, the next uh, episode and, and or come back from a commercial. And so there are techniques and, and there there are ways to write better dialogue, uh, to, to write better character development, uh, to understand a three, four, five-act structure. Um, so you, you do have to learn your craft. Um, but uh, I am a big proponent that, that anyone can do it. But you don't have to, you don't need a master's in fine arts degree to be able to call yourself an artist or a writer. Well, I mean, good case in point, JK Rowling never wrote books. She just had stories in her head and uh, all of a sudden started uh, uh, with the Harry Potter series and boy, oh boy, then it just flowed. Yeah. And, 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 and worked into it. So, Doug King writes these books. Uh, another one I do want to touch on before we go into another area of Doug uh, Doug uh, King's life is the art folio that you're you're working on, which which highlights artists uh, in in the area. And you're putting it's. It, would you call it a coffee table book? Yes. So that this is an annual printed exhibit. So this was the first one we did. Um, and it's, it's a 200 page coffee table book. Let me see if I can figure out how to, and it's, it's just, it's filled with amazing art. Oh, um, there you go. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) I can figure out how to hold anything. Then he takes it away. Um, so it's, it's every page is, is different artists. So if you like art, then this would be for you. Um, and are these all uh, local? Uh, are artists in the DFW area, or, or this is international? We have artists from uh, Sweden, Japan, China, uh, Chile, um, UK, uh, Germany, Austria. So it's it's an international exhibit. We are taking where the call for entries is open right now for Artfolio 2021. So this is oh, Artfolio 2020. Um, yeah, I have, um, copies that I can sell the book due to COVID and and everything that it's messed up. Uh, the distributor Glitterati editions, uh, they are selling them, but I I think they're shipping a limited amount now, and then it'll be available on Amazon. You can pre-order on Amazon and then they're beginning, they're doing their shipping in January. Um, and I think a lot of that is just due to, the way book distribution is done and, and all that. Now that as well as your, your other books that we've been talking about, are those also available on Amazon? Yes. All of these, you can go to, let me bring them all up again. I feel like it's show and tell day. Yes. Um, so these are, there we go. Look, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> so both of these books. Just another squishy vision. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, so both of these books are available on Amazon right now. Um, you can go to 
to find them because they're brand new, sometimes they're hard to, to, to search for. If you go to dayiiprod.com, and I wish I could show it on my screen, but if, um, if you go there, there's a tab at the top called publishing. If oh, you, okay. If you click on the publishing tab, then uh, it, it all the books are there. Oop, now that just says A-I-I-I. How about D-A-Y-I-I-I? Um, so you can click on the publishing tab. All of the books are there. There is a link that takes you directly to Amazon. There we go. Uh, we're missing an I, Mark. <laughs> D-A-Y-I-I-I, prod. T- typing is not a big... There it is. Yeah, Third time's the charm. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Modern technology at its best. And we've now learned that Mark, Mr. Monkey Butt himself, is... <laughs> look at See that? Woo. Yeah, get a big yeah, blanket. There we go. <laughs> Typing was not his strong suit, uh, <laughs> but thank you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. So if they can't find it now, then they're really in bad shape. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flip the the the, the uh, spatula on you right now. Oh. When you you also will all of a sudden just take out a canvas and put it on an easel and take out some paints and, and do some, some artwork that also can go into galleries. Uh, and, and I want you to tell people because I forget what it is, but you also do pen and ink sketches, but it's a specific kind of ink. Oh, uh, so that would be Sumi ink. Okay. Which which is a Japanese ink. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I work, I work mostly in acrylics. Um, that's my preferred, ma- uh, and then oil pastel and then Sumi ink. Okay. Um, and that's, of- that's just three other lives that you lead. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know what it is? I think I have found, um, that if you're a creative and I'm, I'm going to use a term that I, I don't mean it the way it is. I, I guess I could say if you're a creative person, but I was going to say a creative spirit. I think if you're a creative spirit, you're not limited to, and and I think it's confining to say, oh, you're you're only a poet. You can't do anything else. Don't even try to write a short story. Or you're a sculptor. Don't paint. Don't do not paint or I don't. Just, write a, you know, don't, quit, don't quit your day job. Yeah, and you know, do what you do best. Probably, like with Squishy Visions, this started with just these drawings. And I, I had an idea, and and a lot of times it was, you know, when I close my eyes, I don't just see darkness. I see all sorts of things going on. And so I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put these down. And I like to create, um, I like to create challenges for myself. So with Squishy Visions, I said, well, I could do just one, but I'm going to challenge myself to do 50. And it was just an arbitrary number. I said, I'm going to do 50. And then what happened is as I was doing these and, and, and they take hours to do, I was like, I was getting involved in, let me, uh, uh, let me, like something like that. You know, yeah. that. Wait a minute. There we go. Then all of a sudden I was like, there's a world in here and I want to explore that world. 
And so as, oh, sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> He's right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. It's like a disco. <laughs> um, so then as, so then it originally started as sketches, but then I started saying, well, how would I describe this with words? What would this world be? You know, and, and so that's where I then started writing uh, 12 stories to go with it. And then that culminates into this book. And um, so when it comes to painting, I've been painting since I was like 10 or younger. Um, about five or six years ago, I started pursuing it professionally. And I was represented by two galleries here in Dallas. Um, one of them is a Boudreaux gallery on dragon street. I want to give a shout out to them because they're wonderful. Um, and I, I started having some success selling my art and that was, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because as a writer and a painter, it, we're inherently, there's a, there's an ego involved because if I say, Hey, I created this drawing, somebody should pay me for that. Well, that's a little arrogant, <clears throat> but, you know, that's what we do. And then when I create a publication and I say, please buy this issue, buy this issue, that's, I'm basically saying what I have written is so good, you need to have it in your life. And I hope that's the case, but that is how I make my living. And so whether it's painting, whether it's... Um, and I think you and I have had this conversation before. I see it as, as all of the arts is, is kind of a workout. So like if I paint, that may be a, an upper body workout. If I'm doing, um, uh, if I'm screenwriting, that may be a leg workout. If I'm writing a book uh, or, or then maybe I'm doing cardio. And so it's all part of the same body. It's all part of the same thing, but I'm just exercising a different muscle at the time. I'm just looking off on the side and there's been a lot of comments that have been coming in during the show uh, and all And Some of them are from some of the artists that are in your art folio. Oh. Uh, uh, Deborah, Deborah Vestines is, uh, has, has chimed in. Uh, of course, uh, Ty Foley is still looking through uh, Art Folio, looking for uh, his photos, uh, his pictures in there. He's, uh, he's, is he he's coming up in the next issue. Yeah, he's supposed to be submitting for the second book, but he's very slow. He's kind of like a sloth. He kind of just moves very slowly. And I'm not sure if it's due to his age or what. <laughs> Well, one of these days we th we threw Ty's name out there, but one of these days uh, on on uh, something to talk about or whatever, I'm going to get you and you and Ty and and myself together, and that is that is definitely a three ring circus. That's that's uh, a gumbo right there. Yeah, yeah. uh, going to be he would be the shrimp. Uh, I'll just <laughs> that he's Oh, spicy sausage, and you can be the uh, the the chicken. I guess I don't know what you'd be. <laughs> the 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 broth. You're the broth. <laughs> <laughs> to to put it all together. Just you know, I, the time is flying by, and I, and I had so many notes here, and I was going to talk about so many different things, but I'll talk fast. Being, being, <laughs> uh, being a, a novelist, uh, a, a a screenwriter, uh, a publisher. Uh, a you know, a painter. 
are there certain times of the year or or do you just wait for that that spark to get you to say, you know what, I'm going to put the computer down and I'm going to pick up the paints and I want to do something. And, and Or in the middle of the night, a, a vision hits your head and you say, okay, am I going to turn that vision into a screenplay or am I going to vision into a, something I put on canvas? Uh, how does how does the creative mind work like that? Um, oh, boy. Uh, uh, drugs, I, I know. That, yeah, that well, yeah, serious amounts of that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, some, some, uh, I don't want to call them visions, but some mental images, some mental pictures, it's just, it's definitely a painting. And um, I will, I have a sketchbook, so I'll sketch it out. You, you mentioned Deborah. And uh, she and I have talked and she just kind of is more, uh, she plans, but she doesn't necessarily write it down like I do. Every artist is different. So then there will be stories and depending on the story will, de will determine for me how I'm going to write it. Now I have in the next issue of NUM, I wrote a, a short story called Gasp. And uh, it really is kind of related to COVID. And I, I mentioned it to a film producer I work with. He says, oh, that'd be a great short film, write as a script. So what I did is, again, kind of pulling back the veil of, of the artistic world is in the next issue of NUM, you can read the short story, but then you can see the adaptation of how it would be brought to screen. So... Um, Everything and for me, there are certain times of the year. Like right now, I'm I'm deeply involved with Artfolio because we have the call for entry. It's open for another 13 days or 14 days, um, and so I'm I'm heavily involved in working on that. And then and I'm working on some other art books with art galleries like Samuel Lynn Gallery and Christopher Martin Gallery. So I'm very much focused in book mode. Then there will be other, like, I haven't been able to work on a screenplay in a while. And it, it, it gets, you know, it's a bummer. Um, but then there are other times it'll be like, okay, I've got all that done. Now I'm going to focus on screenwriting. All right. And, and, and additionally, not only are you involved in all of those art, but uh, you even have an event coming up this evening uh, out here in Frisco that you're going to be doing. Uh, aren't you going to be judging uh, oh. an, an, uh, a, uh, an art exhibit? at uh, Gallery 8680? Uh, I actually completed the, the judging. I, I did that yesterday. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, due to, uh, you, you shocked me. I'm like, do I have to be somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I better check my calendar. I, I thought I had a date. Well, see, I, 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 do a lot of, I do a lot of checking up on you, and, and, uh, and, I, and I saw your name as being one of the judges of this event. Yeah. So no, G Ginger Cochran reached out to me and, and asked if I would do that. And I, I love supporting Ginger and her projects and, and she's another artist and, and promoter. And, uh, so it's, uh, I think it's good to, to help and, and, you know, it, it we need to be a tight knit community. Um, yes. so I, I did help her judge. There are some beautiful artwork, uh, that's going to be in that exhibit. I'm I'm excited for people to see it. I I don't know that I'll be there. I am kind of still quarantining. Um, I I'm just I have 86 year old parents that I'm kind of caring for, so I limit my exposure to the world. Yeah, and 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 that's that's really turned kind of the art world upside down uh, because theaters are closed, 
both live performing theaters as well as movie theaters, uh, uh, stages where uh, uh, live artists perform. A lot of the bars and, and, and uh, concert venues are closed. It's, it's become difficult. It's, it's resulted in some virtual uh, programs like this. And we, we've all got to be creative until the time comes when, when everything can reopen and we can go back to that whatever we call normal. Uh, and that's where I hope if, if I can do a, a, a real sales plug, I, the artist community has been hit very hard, whether it's, whether it's music, um, uh, you know, like you were saying they're because they make their money from live shows, not from streaming music uh, or, right. or album sales. And so for a lot of us, I mean, that's the reason why I called this by the issue and save an artist's life is because, you know, this, oh, there we go. Um, is I mean, this is this is a source of income for me, and the more I can sell, the better. Um, and and same with this, because I've had um, I've had two art exhibits canceled, and um, and then with this art folio book, we were supposed to do a big artist signing. And we we're going to do it down in the, the design district. And, and that was canceled. And so I'm, I'm sitting on a hundred units that I'd like to sell. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out some way to do that. Well, you can put me down for one okay. and we'll connect because I want to get some of your other books. Uh, time flies. We're, we're running out of time. And uh, uh, and we'll we'll have to do this again, and maybe we'll throw Ty into the mix too. See what he's what he's been up to. I know he's been laying low, laying also. Uh, uh, there's there's the information on the screen, folks. Uh, day I I I not not number three or or whatever. Day I I I prod dot com. Go there, get some more information. If you're an artist and you want to submit some of your work for for Artfolio 2021. Uh, get in touch. You, uh, you said you only have a couple of weeks to do it. So yeah. Doug King, thank you very, very much for taking the time to spend with me as someone you should know. And uh, the best of luck to you with the books, the paintings, uh, the art folio and, uh, and the rest of your creative life. Uh, and thank you for being a good friend and being my guest this morning. Yeah. Well, thank you. And to answer Bennett's question, you buy the book on uh, uh, Amazon, uh, amazon.com. And, um, uh, and, and go to day three prod to, to, uh, to get there. Oh, but gee, yeah. look, he's, he's dropping in all the, all the, all the comments. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Stuart. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark, for your behind the scenes work. You're a <laughs> champion. So thanks for having me on your show, Stuart. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for another uh, edition of someone you should know. Go out and make it a good weekend. Be good to each other. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Wear a mask if you go out in public. We'll talk to you again, Nate, next time. Bye. Right. Bye bye.